0: You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast, brought to you by DraftKings. Uh, great deal going on right now. You throw down five dollars on an NBA game, and if that team hits, you get one hundred and fifty dollars in free plays. It's that simple. It's that easy. Hop on DraftKings Sportsbook app. All right, we got a ton of. We already got a ton of, of uh, comments here. It looks like we've got about twenty comments. So get them going. Um, again, joined by John Schuster. I'm Mike Luke. Arizona falls tonight by um, – what was the final score, Shoe I think I it mean. was 77-73. Okay. And you and I talked right before we came on here, and this was – there's bad officiating, and then there's bad officiating. This was a game where – you, you know that you're going to get some kind of home cooking. Obviously, that happens. Well, you know, Arizona fans and McHale certainly know you know that. But this was a game where the referees injected themselves into the game. And we're going to talk about all of that. But Schuster, and you mentioned it on the phone, um, the foul, on, uh, the technical foul on Kirk Carissa, I think, was the epitome of something like that, where it's like you're trying to make yourself part of the game instead of letting these guys play.
1: Yeah, you're not the game. The game is about you in a position where you control what's going on. And that was an instance where I think the official lost control in a game where officiating was poor. These games frustrate me, though, and not just frustrate me from a viewing standpoint, but they give you an excuse to bitch about officiating when there's a lot of other stuff that you can bitch about when it comes to, you know, the the, the way that your basketball team performed. And hopefully throughout the course of this, we'll be able to navigate – a lot of this in in many ways obviously a a frustrating game for Arizona where they just couldn't quite get over the hump but even with so many things against them the fact that they had a chance to win this game against a legitimately good basketball team that did everything it could to take it to them I think provides a A measure of optimism, a significant measure of optimism, frankly, for the Wildcats as they continue to move forward. We knew this was going to be a tough stretch. We knew this was going to be a difficult game, and there was a portion early on where Arizona looked like it was going to get its doors blown off. And then once they stabilized a little bit, their defense went a long way toward giving them an opportunity to fight their way back into it. And uh, the fact that those things happen, even with as much frustration – that occurred tonight, Coloco in foul trouble and not playing tough or particularly well. Ballo kind of being overwhelmed on the inside crease of being inconsistent and uh, making some really questionable decisions at time. One I think was uh, key to the overall to Arizona's last gasp opportunity to get into the, the, three, game. the three pointer in transition. Yeah. Terrible three pointer in a situation where they had Tennessee kind of off balance there. And if he pulls it back just a little bit, this was the one. The possession before was the only good play that Tabellus had in the entire game, and maybe he had an opportunity to go to some sort of uh, matchup like that before. Um, you know, there were a lot of there, there, there were there were a lot of frustrations in this matchup, uh, and and unfortunately, we're going to spend I think a lot of time talking about how the officiating was bad when there are when when there are learning opportunities here. For how teams are going to attack Arizona and what Arizona has to do a little bit better to toughen up the cats. But
0: let's have talk.
1: Go Kind of the uh, you know that's 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 one of the weird things about this game. Somehow, despite all of that, and I'm not going to argue that the officiating was bad. Officiating was bad, despite poor officiating and officiating in calls that often went against Arizona in really questionable times. Despite Coloco's poor performance, despite Matherin fouling out, despite Carissa making bad decisions and Tabellis being non-existent in this matchup, Arizona has somehow
0: has to win. Well, well, and that's what, yeah. And that's the crazy part about this shoe is that Arizona, and I was just texting a little bit with our buddy Matty M and uh, our uh, Arizona has a margin for error that is absolutely insane. Keep in mind, Tennessee's a good team. I think if Arizona plays them in a neutral court, they win by 15 points. But Tennessee's a good team. You could you can tell they're well coached. Rick Barnes or Rick Barnes a good coach. But here's look at everything that Arizona did. First of all, you turn the ball over 10 times in the first eight minutes. And, you know, and a lot of those were as they uh, the kids like to say pick six type turnovers, where you know, they're a turnover that goes right back for a layup. So you you have that. You have a game where you're arguably your best, well Ben Matherin's your best player. I'm not going to even make sure. that point. Um, and he was outstanding. He kept them in there. He single-handedly yes.
1: kept Arizona in this.
0: Yes. Tabellis, though, you look at a guy like Azulis Tabellis, he's your second best player, and he doesn't even score until the very end of the game. And Christian Coloco, who we're going to get to a little bit coming up here because I think there's, some, there's something that I've noticed a little bit about him. Kirk Creesa not not a great game. Really, the only guy that brings it is Ben Matherin. And Arizona is still tied with two minutes left in this game in an environment, too, where you're absolutely getting hosed by the officials. And so I, I look at this and I think, man, the, this team's really got a margin for error that is, even in a loss, is remarkable to be able to look at there, Schuster.
1: Yeah, Arizona may not win the national title, but they're going to go out swinging and they're yeah. going to be, they're going to be, they, they're obviously a tough team to deal with. This was one of those games where there was, a, where you almost pack it in after 10 minutes, say it's not our night. We're down 14, crowds against us. Everything's just not going well. The other team is punching the crap out of us. And, uh, you know, it becomes a 15 point game, 20 point game. Maybe you cut it to 10 here and there. And that's pretty much it. You're at arm's length the whole way but the caps, kept, the caps kept fighting, and and even in the last five minutes, as things were somehow getting close, you had this uh, weird feeling that, man, Arizona might actually pull this thing out somehow, and, and really the somehow was unusual in this matchup. It's a game they didn't deserve to win, yet somehow, again, hung around and gave themselves a chance. Mike, you're absolutely right. The in a weird way, if you separate yourself a little bit from this, and there are obviously some issues that need to be addressed. Arizona losing once again. You want to talk about the reincarnation of Lute Olsen? Here we go. Uh, right. Arizona losing the game before Christmas again. Uh, so if Wildcat fans are out there and they like the idea of Tommy Lloyd, maybe loot 2.0, well, here's another example of it for you. So maybe oh. you'll feel good about where that ultimately uh, goes as well. But in the here and now, the Cats, despite a lot of things working against them, figured out a way to stay in this game. And really, for the most part, defensively, I think played pretty well over the course of uh, the last 30 minutes. One of the things that I'd mention, Mike, if I was going to point to two differences individually, the Fulkerson to Bellas difference is, is the one that is the most glaring yeah. in this game. Uh, you know, because Barnes, at the, you know, down the stretch, has ba- basically tried to approach the matchup the same way that. Uh, Illinois tried to approach it uh, with Coburn, one-on-one, single, try to see if you can get some stuff done. Fulkerson was much more uh, adept at getting enough done uh, against Arizona uh, with that approach uh, as opposed to Illinois, and that was a difference in the game. On the other side,
0: Tabellis looked slow, yeah let's, let's talk about let's talk about that a little bit so we've got 64 <laughs> comments already so let's try to and yeah the, you're the, right try try to get to them i don't the thing, the thing that we think that we really like on here is that unlike some people we welcome your interaction you're what makes this go abraham mendoza quick story i've refereed abraham's game sundays for about seven or eight years nicest guy in the world but doesn't think i'm a good official so when I was complaining about the officiating, he gave me a r- remark here: <laughs> the defensive pressure. And but be that as it may, uh, Abe says the defensive pressure on the guards made them flustered. Do you agree? Early on, one hundred percent. This team, and I missed the first five minutes of the game. I was dealing with a couple family things,
1: but uh, Mike, it's um, okay. Arizona missed the first five minutes of this game too.
0: No joke. So I'm watching it. Um, I'm pulling a Kevin Woodman, and I'm watching in the first five minutes at halftime, and. Arizona was not ready for that physicality. They were not ready for that tenacious, t- t- tenaciousness. And honestly, you could totally see it right there. I mean, ha- I felt like three or four times between Dale and Terry and Kerr Creesa that Tennessee just ripped the ball out of the Arizona guards hands. And when you're in an environment like that, and again, it's a learning experience that can't happen because that was what was mainly attributable to being down 16 to two when it felt like 30 seconds into the game. I think this
1: is a great lesson game, though. And Arizona yes. learned its lesson in the first 10 minutes. These are the types of teams. And, and, and again, one of the things we've discussed here, and by the way, I, I completely agree with what Abraham said there. Uh, the, the, one, one of the things that I think has become interesting is that throughout the course of the first couple months, we've talked about teams that are going to be potential problems for Arizona. What we've learned is that many of those teams are good, and that's a good thing. <laughs> so the good ad- teams could pose a problem? Yes. The addition to that, on the other end, is that Arizona is a good team who can pose problems for other good teams, which is an area that I don't know going into the season that we expected. So Arizona's place among the better teams in the country, uh, I-, I don't think got disturbed in this match at, at all. all. But in the first 10 minutes of this game, you uh, Arizona got to learn what some teams that have this kind of physical capability are going to do against them. They're going to get up into them. They're going to utilize athleticism. They're going to swipe at the ball. They're going to try to be physical, and they're going to try to uh, cause disruption in the backcourt. And frankly, in the early stages, Tennessee was phenomenal at doing that across the board. This is the difference between playing against good defensive teams and defensive teams that Arizona has played on its schedule so far. Sometimes, Mike, you've talked about this. Basketball doesn't always have to be hard. But no, no, no. It isn't you it up. easy, drop and and But it. sometimes it isn't going to be easy. And that was the lesson that hopefully Arizona learned tonight. That from the first tip to the end of the matchup, you've got to be tougher than the opposition. And for the first 10 minutes, Arizona wasn't. As this game moved along, Margin Ferrera kind of worked in Arizona's favor, and they still found ways to make this a heck of a lot closer than it probably should have been.
0: Anthony Humbert, I think, uh, hit the nail on the head. And again, guys, we're at uh, 79 remarks here, so we're going to try to get as many as we can. Really appreciate all of you. Uh, Anthony Humbert says, this team is as talented as any in one in the nation, and I would still put them in the national championship discussion without question. I 100% agree with that. I got Duke on in the background right now, and Duke is a team that is obviously going to be there. Duke, to me, is one of those five teams. in the, To me right now, there's five teams that are kind of a little bit above everybody else, maybe six if you want to include Kansas. And that's Baylor, that's UCLA, that's your Gonzaga Bulldogs, that's Duke, that's Arizona, and maybe Kansas. Those are the teams that I think are kind of in that little, They're kind of that core six or you know, Fab Five, whatever you want to call them. But Arizona, to me, is squarely in that discussion. And there was nothing out there that indicated to me that Arizona won't be there at the end because, again, you won't face that kind of officiating. Well, I mean, I guess you might. But you won't face that kind of a home cooking generally in an NCAA tournament game with a non-biased crew that's not going to be affected by officiating in a hostile environment like that was i'm
1: not entirely sure about how next week's schedule shakes down i've heard some rumors take these for what it's worth we're still a week out that ucla is seriously talking about maybe not playing games for a while right Uh, I, i don't know how truthful that is but i've heard that rumbling but anyway the game that really intrigues me if it happens based on what we saw tonight is usc because USC's defense is excellent, and this is a Tennessee team that in the early stages of this matchup imposed its will. And you could argue throughout, the, throughout key points of this game did the same against Arizona. Lots of loose balls that Arizona didn't get that Tennessee did. USC, I think, is that kind of team too, and I'm curious to see over the course of the next week whether Arizona maybe learns some lessons as a result of this game and uh, figures out a way to perform when baskets don't come easy. And this was one of those matchups where they had to grind for a lot of opportunities. And uh, I, I think in the end, as frustrating as this is, and obviously you don't want to lose for a variety of reasons, you can come up with a lot of reasons as to why that is. Uh, you, you, you know, there are there are things to be taken out of this game that make you feel good and give you potential for Arizona long term. Good to
0: see you, Robbie. Thanks for joining us as always. Yes, sir. Robbie, we really appreciate you. Robbie, been a long time listener, even when I was back at twelve ninety. Always appreciate you. And she said uh, – she's referring to our guy Scott Schlittenhart, and she said, Scott, just like when we played Duke in the loot era, we'd get momentum, refs would call a foul. It certainly felt like that. And, again, Arizona isn't without blame here because Arizona did some really dumb things out there. Obviously, to start off the game, there were the Kirk Crease shot. And, again, I like Kirk Crease, and I'm generally the guy that's okay with guys taking shots that are – if you're a shooter and you're a clutch type guy, which I think he is, I generally am going to kind of give you some leeway there. That that last shot, though, you better be Salim Stoudemire if you're shooting that shot because I can get that shot at absolutely any time, and I've already shown that I can score effectively um, in the half-court setting with my squad. That one, to me, was a, a, a shot that was really, I don't want to say a backbreaker, but that was, I thought, your one opportunity in the game to take the lead there, and if you take the lead, who knows exactly what you did.
1: That's right. You uh, Things start to feel a little bit different. I believe that was a five-point swing. And mm-hmm. it was enough right. to where Tennessee could sort of milk clock and uh, get enough uh, to hold on. Yeah, and, and, and I like that Arizona's a free-flowing team. I like that they let it go. I like that Lloyd plays to his talent and lets his talent make decisions. But sometimes those decisions are bad. And Kerr made a bad decision there simple as that. There were all kinds of opportunities, uh, especially with uh, the balls on their heels, where they could have gotten a much better look and been given an opportunity. Uh, one of the things that I thought was, you know, in a possession like that too, they were the, the refs were calling a lot. They're blowing the whistles a lot. So if you go on the inside, there may be an opportunity where, where you can draw another foul, get a bucket, or you know, maybe make something happen that uh, allows you to get a much better look than you ultimately did. I get the excitement of the moment. I get that Kerr's a Big time player who has done, who in two key games now has been much better in the second half than he was in the first., uh, but that that was not a good decision. And I suspect that
0: Lloyd will explain to
1: him why that was not a good decision.
0: You know what is a good decision, though? The DraftKings Sportsbook app. Code word PHNX. You throw down great deal going on. You throw down $5 on an NBA game. And if your team hits, you get $150 in free plays. It's that simple. It's that easy. If John Schuster can do it, that means that I can do it. And it's really that simple. Bruno's had a long day. He's 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 resting behind me. And Bruno, Bruno can't do it. But if Bruno was a human, he 100% could. Now remember, eligibility restrictions do apply. Arizona only, 21 and up. If you've got a gambling issue, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. They'll get you taken care of. Again, the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. All right, let's get to some of these comments here. And this is something that I think we need to talk about because I always want to be careful about you know, bagging on a kid for lack of a better term, um, especially one that's coming off injury. But I think at this stage in the game, Pella Pella Larson um, was hyped as being one of the better players on this roster coming into the season. And who knows, maybe it's because of injury. Who knows, maybe it's because he won't necessarily, whatever the case may be. Right now, he's he he's just he's just not that guy when he's in the game he looks slow he he can make a few nice passes but he looks tentative out there And I never really feel comfortable when he has the ball at all. And this was a guy that I think a lot of people were looking at as possibly being a top three to four player on this team. And I think that right now this is, that's a, that's a long ways off there, John Schuster.
1: Well, let's see if that plays off. I think Boog Boog is right with his uh, take and uh, you are as well. Uh, Things have been difficult for uh, Larson uh, up to, you know, uh, up to, you know, portions of this stage. And uh, you know, you're right. The game does appear fast for him at this at this point. But yeah, there's obviously some skill set there. And hopefully as this thing, uh, you know, works itself through, maybe he can see the improvement that Wildcat fans uh, need for him to see. But it does appear that he's overwhelmed with athleticism across from him right now. And maybe he's, you know, there's a slowness factor or a mental factor or something that he's just trying to figure out how what it is that he's trying to accomplish. And sometimes it's, it's you know, th- if you think too much, you've already lost the play. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And so maybe
0: he's at that stage right now. And yeah. if that's
1: it, hopefully he can improve. But it has, Schuster, been-
0: yes, sir. I've always, I've always maintained that you're one of the smartest people that I know, and that you have an ability to be able to decipher and certainly write in a capacity which I would kill you for to be able to take that ability from you. But oh, you know, nice. but you do have a unique ability right here. We're about to really test that. What do you think about this comment right here?
1: Boy, that is, uh, I'll tell you what, that is as well-written as I can possibly break it down. You don't need any more letters than that. Those uh, letters, you know, you can be, at, you can try to be as flowery as you ultimately want to. Sometimes you don't need to be flower. Be concise, get to the point, say what it is you're going to say. And if you come up with the right combination of letters, consonants and
0: vowels- Sometimes you can't even get you. to it. Yeah, that's it. Now, all right, let's go. Scott Schlittenhart said, um, "He uh, let's see, let me write uh, or let me find out up here, and if I can't, then uh, I'll uh, let them." Uh, oh, Marcus Price, the dynamic duo right there. Marcus, I'm wearing your shirt by the way. My train is on schedule. Man, um, look at that. Yeah, look no, that. We're, we're all we're always pushing here. Scott, Schlitten- the sweet promo
1: there, nicely done.
0: Yeah. Scott Schlittenhart though asked uh, he asked me, but you know what? If you ask me, you're asking John Schuster as well. It's that simple. Sorry, uh, Scott. Scott, yeah. Scott Schlittenhardt said, Mike, where do you think Arizona ends up in the rankings, in the next rankings? To me, they're certainly going to fall a little bit, but I'm not dropping Arizona out of the top 10 with this loss. I'm sorry. I'm just not. Now, If because if you watch the game, and I think it's fair to say at this point, Schuster, Arizona is a top 10 team in the nation. They just so. are yeah. by any by any measurement. So if you drop them to like 13, or you try to pull a Seth Davis and put them at 21, Come on, dude. You're trying way too hard. I don't know. If it's up to me, first of all, I would have probably had him higher than six. I would have probably had him at about four, but whatever. But I, I would. I would put Arizona at eight.
1: Yeah, I think that's about the number that had popped into my head, too. And again... You know, we're with with all the weirdness going on, and cancellations, and postponements, and changes in time, and all the rest of it. We may have uh, you know seventeen top five teams that don't play games over the course of the next four or five days. So who knows what the uh, the, who knows what that's going to going to look like? A lot of teams are not going to be are not going to win in Tennessee. This is a big game for them. Came out uh, very spirited early on, and Arizona managed to stay in it. There are two things to this. I, I think your number of eight, all things being equal, assuming everybody else manages to play, is probably about right. Uh, beyond that, I don't really care. I think if Arizona just keeps taking care of its own business, the, the rest of that will take care of itself. And once we get into mid-February and into mid-March, when hopefully we're trying to break down tournament seeds, Arizona's going to have a very favorable one that gives itself an opportunity to make a deep tournament run.
0: Oh yeah, no, I would, I would, uh, I would second that entirely. All right, let's see here. Um, we uh, all right. We talked about Pella Larson right there. All right, the Arizona, the UCLA, USC road trip. Now, John Schuster is a guy that when he does know some things, he generally keeps them close to the vest. So I don't know if Schuster had any inside info or not about the UCLA uh, situation, but I'm going to say this: I really hope that Arizona is able to play a full strength. UCLA and USC team, because you're not going to get a lot of opportunity. Well, let's be honest here. You're not getting any more opportunities to play awesome national championship level teams. I want to see Arizona absolutely tested in those games. So I don't, if Arizona, if they have to cancel that game, if I'm Arizona, I 100% want to make that one up. Because, I, again, if it's Washington State or Oregon State, whatever. But UCLA, to me, is really a way to kind of cut your teeth against a team that could easily cut down the national champion, or cut down the national championship, cut down the nets. <laughs> and USC is very much the same way. They're not as good, but USC is damn good as well there, Schuster.
1: Oh, absolutely. And and, and you wanted Arizona to be tested on this stretch. And again, everything's fluid right now. What I'm hearing and the legitimacy of that could change 15 minutes from now. So let's see how things play out. Uh, But I've heard there have been discussions. Again, there are probably discussions across the country in a lot of different ways. Let's hope that UCLA is available at full strength to play basketball games next week and that USC is also available because that will be a great road swing if it happens. And it's the type of test that Arizona needs. And we'll see how Arizona answers Uh, difficult places to play. Although I think Wildcat fans are going to be well represented in both venues. Uh, You know, but, uh, you know, we'll ultimately see how how it plays out. And like you, Mike, we want to be tested as much as possible and have those kinds of games uh, that take place there. And so if Arizona gets an opportunity, uh, then it's good for the team. It's good for the fans to watch those kinds of games. And it makes Arizona hopefully a better team as this season moves along.
0: All right, uh, we always get somebody that asks about Bruno and how Bruno's doing. This is Bruno currently right now, if you can see him. He's taking it very easy. He looks to fairly sure.
1: comfortable. Yes.
0: He looks very comfortable because he's thinking about John Schuster's voice right now, so naturally that's putting him to sleep.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> I am I am it's not the call map, it's the shoe app, but it has yes, the very it is, same
0: effect. It is the shoe app. All right, I want to talk a little bit about Christian Coloco on the other side, but as always, DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX, throw down five dollars on an NBA game, and if either team scores, get a or excuse me, if either who whichever team wins, if you pick that team, you get $150 in free plays. That would be a heck of a one right there, betting on an NBA game just <laughs> for somebody to score. But <laughs> If there was one that would put that down, it would be the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Check it out. They got you all taken care of. All right, Schuster. So I want to talk a little bit about Christian Coloco now. That's been your guy from day one. And you know what? And you're you're right. I was wrong. The one thing, though, that I have noticed a little bit, and again, this is kind of picking nits a little bit, but when the game... this is the second time, well there's been a couple games, but against Illinois and against Tennessee, especially offensively, he looked a little out of his element. The game looked a little too fast for him at that point. Am I just looking at something through my Mike Luke colored glasses or is there something that maybe, you know what, he's still having to adjust to that higher caliber of play?
1: I think maybe the better question it, the the latter aspect of that is the better question. Why is it that Uh, The game seems to be quick and, and, and is he regressing a little bit on the offensive end? And if that's the case, what does he have to do to get a little bit more comfortable? Maybe teams are defending him a little bit better, but you're absolutely right. And there are ebbs and flows in sports you have. And, and I think Arizona and the Tommy Lloyd era might go through a little ebb and flow here as well, because they were such a mystery. And then they jumped on the scene pretty quickly Now teams have had an opportunity to look at them a little bit, and there are a lot of other good coaches out there who uh, game plan and scheme to try to figure out what weaknesses are. So then once that happens, Arizona has to figure out how to uh, adjust accordingly to try to handle the way that teams are going to go after them. Individuals go through much of the same thing, and it seems that Coloco is maybe going through one of those moments right now. His rise out of the gate was meteoric. Came out of nowhere. It's like, whoa this guy's really put it together. And now, you know, maybe he's been figured out a little bit and teams are defending him differently. And it's been frustrating for him in a way that it was frustrating for him ever since he's been on the U of A campus. So now it's up to him to try to figure out what it is he needs to do to get back into the offensive flow.
0: What's exciting though about this squad, well, there's a lot of things that are exciting, but Arizona does have a guy that will have the ball at the end of the game. And Benedict Matherin is the guy that it seems that they've kind of zeroed in on that, you know what, when you need, I mean, how many times in this game right here when Arizona was down, when it felt like they were down 13, it was about to hit 16, he would hit that three or the step back that would get him from 10 to seven or 11 to eight. He has really developed into that guy. And he looks to me like a guy that's going to be a first team All-American type player. And if he's not, he's going to certainly be in that discussion there, John Schuster.
1: Yeah, it's hard to argue that. There were, what did what, we go through? 30 minutes in that game where he had right. scored half of Arizona's points? Right. Uh, you know, and there were two different occasions where that had happened. I think he had 14 of their 21 at the half. And I think even 10 minutes into the second half, uh, Arizona was in the mid-40s and he had into the mid-20s. So he was the guy who was, from an offensive standpoint, keeping Arizona around. That's a really helpful thing. You have a player like that when everything else isn't yes. going your way, that can make a difference. That's good. And then the other players hopefully can pick up on their complementary roles and uh, give Arizona the balance that it ultimately needs, but it's extraordinarily helpful to have someone like Matheron on the roster and someone as good as him who can play as well as he can in those clutch situations.
0: All right. My guy Bob, or my guy, Boog, Boog, AKA Safeway, Bob, um, That would be his street name right there. Has Arizona overachieved through 12 games, fan bias aside, you know, it's a good question. If you know what I'm Uh, gonna say, you want me to help you with this one? Sure. No, you go ahead. You go ahead, Mike. No, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say you know what? Before the season, I would have said yes. Right now, I'm gonna say no, and here's why. There's a lot of talent on this roster, and Tommy Lloyd was the perfect one to be able to squeeze all that talent out of this roster. So, yes, before the season, I would have said yes, but you know what? After seeing the talent, after seeing how Tommy Lloyd can coach, I think that I think they should be in about this situation. This team is unquestionably overachieved. <laughs> and, and and
1: maybe they'll continue it over
0: <laughs> Here, let me show you
1: that picture of bruno again yeah yeah please keep doing that please keep doing that face i thought that face was uh that that's 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 a uh, you know you know one of the things that i noticed and you can tell when things are going well on on a production all of a sudden you had some sort of new intro you were featured oh, talking. Oh, how about, how about with, that? That's really okay, okay. This is like you're you just got renewed uh, on network TV or something like that. So I hope they do more of those intros like that. And the face that you just had will be one of the ones that they pull out. That would be excellent to see on a much more consistent basis. Arizona is absolutely overachieved. And one of the things that I think is probably surprising you here is how good their defense is. Mm-hmm. Uh you know yeah they 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 have adapted very nicely to what it is that Tommy Lloyd wants to do on the offensive end the surprise is how generally consistent they've been defensively even in the half court more often than not they play good defense it's not easy to score consistently against arizona and that's a part that perhaps surprised me a little bit i think a lot of teams in the country look at arizona and think they're kind of soft and yeah. in the first 10 minutes of this game, Arizona was, <laughs> Played but, Arizona, but Arizona toughened up a lot and uh, gave themselves as a result an opportunity. If you keep giving up buckets and you can't get stops, then you're not going to be able to string enough together to get back into a game when you're down by 12 or down by 15 or whatever it was that Arizona was down in the first 10 minutes, but Arizona fought all the way back in this matchup and you have to be able to do that on the defensive end. And that, uh, indicates a toughness that, you know, I don't know that I really expected from this squad on a consistent basis. I think they have absolutely overachieved. I don't think any of us should be the least bit surprised that Arizona lost a game on the road in a hostile environment against a top 20 basketball team. That's going to happen to most basketball teams. Arizona somehow was in this game, and that I think bodes well as we head into 22. You know what also bodes
0: well? Going on to the GoPHNX website, the AZ Wildcats podcast, we got you all covered there. As always... Very appreciative to everyone out there. You guys are the ones that make this show. Anthony Humbert, I think, put it really well when he says, Merry Christmas. Talk to you all after UCLA. Off to watch the Hawkeye final. I am not off to watch the Hawkeye final. But at the end of the day, though, we do appreciate everybody on here. Your involvement is really kind of what makes this whole thing go. But for John Schuster, I am Mike Luke. You all have a very Merry Christmas. And we will be back with you, hopefully, in about a week or so. Schuster, as always, appreciate you, my man.
1: Have a good holiday,
0: man. All right. Talk to you all soon.